That's wow. right. That's right. Wow. That is right. Uh-huh. Well, well, welcome, listeners. Um, if you don't know that song, actually, I don't know. Because it seems like Gen Z knows that song. Um, they, I, I think they were playing that or My Worst Enemy at uh, the uh, Vegas. Uh, yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah. They, they, I was rocking out. singing it, man. Yeah, it was like uh, <laughs> the ass with Blink-182. I was like, we're all all pop punk now let's go i know i know we had classic rock we had like you know immigrant song by zeppelin and like that was like our like oh yeah everybody in our generation knows this and now like they have like lit <laughs> and blink 182 and i'm not really sure who i feel worse for like who's who got the shorter end of that stick both both pretty sweet to be honest i feel like we're on an idiocracy trajectory unfortunately <laughs> with that <laughs> yeah though yeah hearing them sing at the vegas gold night games john i couldn't help but think about you all those times uh, blasting that song at your parents' house. When we were yeah, younger. right. Like fucking like, playing hockey in the garage. Classic. Oh. Yeah, it's on brand for the for the sport. So um, I had to answer a question the other day about what was my walk-up song, and I legitimately thought about making it Ziploc. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> 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 I'm not even kidding. You're like me Amazing. and Keanu Reeves and the replacements. There we go. Uh, well, welcome, uh, listeners, to episode 191. I believe that's actually the correct number, right? 191. Uh, hey, I was good last time. I got the correct number, didn't I? Yeah, it was 347 or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah, you're that was some great hostess hostess time? there. Yeah, what is time? Uh, welcome, welcome, um, to this 191st episode. This is being recorded on uh, June 26th at 6:37 Mountain Time uh we're gonna get into it i'm by the way we might come back to that song at some point in this episode there might be some relevance um to what we're gonna discuss today but we're gonna get into uh the potential of well now it's being rebranded but uh what was originally looking like a coup attempt uh in russia against vladimir putin by uh the leader of the wagner or wagner i don't know how they say it in russia i don't know it's a pronounced uh i don't know if it's the german pronunciation or not uh <laughs> but it's uh of the the mercenary group uh that has been doing a lot of the heavy fighting uh in the ukraine war and the leader uh Pergozin, uh who's the leader of that who who so we're going to get into all those them's details for you uh but i'm joined today uh by the core crew john anderson what's up in the denver metro area how you doing rocking it ready to go you know what else that song reminds me of? The Replacements. Well, yeah, duh. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, is canceled. Yeah, yeah. Not a good rewatch. I don't watched it. Nah, don't watch. let it live in your memory and don't think about it too much. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's like Good ones enough. where it's like totally canceled. There's ones that I try to like make excuses for, like like out cold. Like I still try to like make excuses for that movie. I'm like, no, 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 no. out cold. No, it's fine. But there's just like some weird things with like the lesbian chat room. There's like that sure, one. But like we're kind yeah. of we're kind of ripping on those guys though for being in there. That's like the excuse that I make. But I'm open to hearing that it's canceled. But I don't. And, and then there's like the one character who's gay and like they're all supporting him. But it's like kind of it is like yeah, it's not. You know, it's anyway. a very late '90s view. Uh, yeah stuff. yeah exactly very exactly. late 90s progressive view yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> late 90s progressive uh and that late 90s progressive laugh is john kelly also in the denver metro area how you doing 
man i hope that's not what is put on my tombstone late 90s progressive sorry sorry but no i'm good uh to all the listeners out there happy juneteenth we missed you mm-hmm. didn't get one in and happy fourth coming up next week so yep. celebrate your freedom a little bit yeah on both close days. out closing out prime month. i think we did say happy pride month in an earlier episode but happy pride month uh and i mean this past weekend's at least in san francisco is the big weekend the culmination so happy pride happy, yep, pride. happy pride happy pride uh and we're gonna talk uh, and i oh yeah and i'm your you know hostess mostess tyler grilla west course there we coast. go let's not west poison coast. the well let's yeah have i didn't some, let's have some confidence i didn't say i was shitty i just said <laughs> hostess mostess which can, yeah, you can take this. to me in many different things uh and uh yeah we're gonna talk about this uh this attempted coup uprising although we can maybe get to at least what i've been seeing how it was being rebranded now as like it wasn't really a coup attempt which is you know coming from the leader of the mercenaries Pergozin and Putin so take that with the grain of salt but um I mean I can give a little I can give a little upper uh, uh recap uh what happened so this is you know we're recording this as I said on June 26th which is a Monday uh on I believe it was Friday right uh it was it was Thursday or Friday or it was like in the middle of the night it started but the Russian military, so for those of you who may not know, the Wagner Missionary, or Wagner again, I don't know, uh, mercenary group is a collection of like 25, around 25,000, I believe. Well, that's the official numbers, but uh, right. the British, British intelligence uh, estimates the number closer to eight. <laughs> Great. Yeah, classic. Uh, eight, um, eight people or 8,000? Eight, eight people. Yeah. Eight people, uh, wow. eight thousand people. Yeah, eight thousand people. Yeah, eight. eight <laughs> no, I know. I know. Uh, there it would be funny if eight eight people could bring that to a halt, kind of yeah, like yeah. on the international stage. But go ahead, Tyler. Go ahead. Uh, well, and they're all comprised of former Russian uh, convicts, right? So these are all like former prisoners who are then like brought out. And the leader Pergozin is himself a former criminal. I uh, I don't know if it's a hundred percent of those. Right. I think that might have been a more recent. Uh, recruiting ah, okay. tactic um okay, okay, okay. so they're like ex-military professionals or yeah. mercenaries or people who wanted to sign up and then as they continued to i believe this is true as yeah. they continued to take losses right um per per uh went into russian prisons presumably on you know, putin's um blessing and recruited a, a ton of people, something like fifty thousand, I want to say. Wow. Yeah, it was a it was a heavy number. I thought that I had read somewhere that it was like allowing some people to get out early, like that's it what was it, staying some of their sentences, right? Like, yeah, basically, like his pitch was basically, you're never coming back to prison. Either you're going to die in combat, or your sentences will be commuted or whatever. So, right. yeah. uh, which is a tried and true Russian tradition. Yeah, right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yep. And the US we do paid labor, uh forced forced labor, excuse me, not paid labor. We do forced labor in our we do a little uh, bit of both. I guess we do a little bit of both. Yeah, if you get count paid like 75 cents an hour or whatever they do. Uh and then there they conscript you in the military. Um so, but you know, they are from my understanding, at least at this point, at least, some of the best trained 
um, soldiers that the Russian military has access to because, right, they've just been getting such heavy losses that a lot of their other seasoned troops um, are not involved or have already been killed. So, right, non existent. They're just, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, And so, um, so this was like, you know, there, this group has also been like in the Bakhmut region, right? Like where the heaviest fighting is doing is a lot of the Wagner group. So on Friday, the Russian military shot a missile and killed like 30 Wagner. So there's been this history, right, of the leader Pergozin and having some issues with Putin, basically being like, you're leaving our guys out here to die. Like you're not, the, and he, he, he uh, specifically targeted the generals a lot. Like he didn't blame yeah, so, Putin. Yeah, so let's add some color to that. So um, he was originally a... Um, like petty criminal, went to jail, got out, started a hot dog stand, which I'm sure Phil Kessel would be interested in. <laughs> it's your customary hockey joke for the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, became uh, what was called Putin's chef. He he ended up like serving many meals to right. Putin, um, was able to get contracts and construction and um, catering and things like that, became a very wealthy person. Uh, he also, blast from the past, and I'm sure our listeners will enjoy this one, uh, ran the troll farms that affected oh, um, the 2016 really? election. Oh, yep. I didn't realize that. So, so Prigozhin and Putin have been close allies for uh, decades, uh, right. up until the last recent months where Prigozhin's um, troops like Tyler said, suffered very heavy losses. The The most recent um, kind of uh, 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 dust up came because the uh, Russian defense ministry ordered all the Wagner troops to sign contracts with the Russian military, which would have effectively effectively disbanded Wagner. And so Prigozhin was like, fuck off and die, especially because all of my soldiers are dying and you guys are incompetent and yada, yada. And so then there was reports of a missile being fired at the Wagner group camp and killing soldiers. Uh, and that's what presumably, or that's what reportedly initiated this um, mutiny, rebellion, I think is what we can call it now. Interestingly, though, there was a report from British intelligence that they have known that this has been happening for a little while, that Prigozhin had been planning this. So the timing of the missile strike plus the effectiveness of this movement makes me wonder exactly like the details here you know like was he ready to go and then this missile came or was it a false flag or something right. like that um it's kind of unclear it's also not the most important thing here yeah um, <laughs> yeah so you know don't worry about that too much but yeah i mean it, this so that's yeah. the history of of all of this and then um, they made a run on Moscow and they, they were literally two hour drive away. They got, from they got, a, yeah. they got, an, an, uh, they got 120 miles from Moscow, which 
So for our, you know, let's just keep it in Colorado. That's the difference from Longmont to Colorado Springs. Okay. Right. So yeah. like, that's not that far. That's like an afternoon jaunt that you're going on. It's, it's, right. yeah, it's, it's what you would do if you went into the mountains almost anywhere from the front range, like you're mm -hmm. going to go probably about two hours. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, you know, like <laughs> Purgosian is up there now with like Napoleon and <laughs> Hitler, as far as his effectiveness going after Moscow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe even more effective yeah. uh yeah. so and and there was um wagner shot down um yeah russian at helicopter least or some six shit? helicopters the washington Jesus. post is reporting at least six helicopters and an il-22 um airborne command post plane which is a very valuable target wow um yeah there's reports of more uh possibly um so yeah, I mean, this was this was gnarly. Now, what they were going to be able to do if they actually got to Moscow is yeah. a little bit being able to like run around in the countryside is much different than yeah. occupying a, a massive capital filled with millions of people. Yeah. So, right. um, but yeah, I mean, this was uh, wild shit. Yeah, right? I mean, it's the closest we've seen to like a full military coup of a, of a large country that's at war it play out in real time right yeah, yeah. right um, it, and i know that when i was paying attention and watching it as friday and saturday rolled on like there was so many thoughts that i had in my head this was a reaction to how bad the situation in ukraine was how the war yeah. was going i i really was uh hoping that it was going to be a larger thing that it was a more of an uprising against Putin and the state of the military in general, rather than just a, hey, we're kind of getting screwed here. and We don't want to be conscripted away from our own mercenaries, get paid less and probably well, die faster. I, and so I think I, it will make I, a run. But I think I ahead. heard um, uh, on the daily podcast today, they were saying that um, Prigozhin might have been um, testing the waters and uh -huh. uh, he was trying to see if more elites and more soldiers would join the cause they didn't right. and that's right why you start it it's kind of the deal yeah totally yeah. it's the ace in the back pocket to be like well yeah. i know for a fact because i am close with some military people i'm part of the um fighting that's happening i know where the russian strategy is happening i kind of have it in there and i know that there's really not a line between me and moscow right yeah. so yeah. if i could i can turn my guys straight around and just walk straight back there because it's not like they are setting up a military line behind my guys yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean and so yeah, yeah. i think you're right john that makes a whole lot of sense that it would be the thought process hey if we get within 100 miles and we have like a general or two say this is the right move and yeah it, yeah. Could, it could have happened right yeah um but it didn't happen and it's, so then it was like as quickly as it began it ended right and like yep. So then there was like some radio silence for a little bit, but then today both Putin and Prigozhin kind of like resurfaced and Prigozhin was like, oh, it was never, I was never really trying to overthrow. I just wanted, he was like, I like that there was reports that his group was going to get, um, was going to get, uh, what's the word, conscripted into the Russian army. And he was like, oh, I wanted them to have a choice, which I'm like, I don't know, that sounds like really nice of you to, to really care about your guys that much, sort of doubt that. <laughs> But he's now, now, and then Putin, so, so it was like, first it was heard like, okay, it's over, and uh, Prigozhin's going to be allowed to free to Belarus, and like the Belarusian 
whatever president dude was like, yeah, you can come here. And he then brokered the deal. Yeah. He brokered the deal. Right. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. And then, um, now Putin has said that the options for the soldiers are that they can join the Russian army. They can go back home. I didn't like, again, take all this all the grain of salt. They can just like go back to their homes, wherever they're from, or they can also go to Belarus. And apparently the Progozin is going to be allowed to continue operating his mercenaries from um, Belarus. However, I really wonder how that conversation between Putin and Progozin went. I wonder if it went something like this. Or what I shot at you? I don't know. <laughs> oh man! So, what are the one of the many many times I wish viewers could tune in and see this on the podcast? The look on Tyler's face is just so self satisfied that he's so able to pull that back. I'm really yeah. glad he did that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, shit. Who knows? It could could be that, right? <laughs> I mean, he went that, to bed. Went to bed drunk one night. Woke up at two a.m. with another bottle of vodka and thought, "It oh, now it's time to start against Putin." And then he why am I in Belarus? Yeah, yeah, why am I in Belarus? Yeah, but I mean, I, I think the, the, yeah, the, the high level fallout of this is like this was this really showed uh, weakness inside Russia that someone could yeah. just go fuck around yeah. for like a day and a half. Totally. And one of the things I'm really interested in is this seems like a pretty good deal for Prigozhin. Yeah. You know, like most of the time when you rebel in Russia, you get killed. Yeah. You are <laughs> murdered. Yeah. At yeah. best, you get sent to Siberia. Like, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. there yeah. are, it's not like, oh, you know what? Go ahead and just leave, bro. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like that to me signals a lot of weakness yeah yeah that putin had to make a deal here yeah. which is really interesting like dictators don't like making deals they don't like compromising because weakness they're they're terrified of their subjects they're terrified of the elite basically it's like game of thrones right and so everybody is waiting to stab you in the back so that they can get the crown in a dictatorship, that's one of the reasons why authoritarian uh, governments are not as good as democratic governments. Uh, and so it's, to me, this is, I'm very interested to see what happens over the next weeks and months with this. Um, I would very much not be surprised if Prigozhin ends up with radiation poisoning. Yeah, right. Um, right. Yep. It's very, it's going to be very interesting if Wagner ends up essentially disbanding or becomes much weakened um yeah. you know what's to prevent russia a month from now going to all these guys who decided to go home and be like just kidding yeah so, i know i thought about that like that doesn't seem yeah that's not a good that's a that's a fool's deal to take yeah. so i'm i'm interested to see how this is gonna go now you know it's possible <clears throat> that this helps shore up putin maybe um, that you know there was there was a squeaky wheel here that he was able to get rid of and and now like the if if we take the theory earlier that um, Prigozhin was trying for something bigger and it didn't materialize maybe that puts a question in anybody else who was thinking about doing stuff like this um, but I do think that's a weaker argument because if Putin was strong he would have just murdered all these guys yeah yeah I I agree I think it very much was a political calculus um and he didn't want the infighting 
I don't, I think he knew that he didn't have the resources to have a long sustained kind of infighting with 8,000 mercenaries, right? Yeah. Near Moscow. Yeah, um, right. which, which was part, I think part of it, but it does show weakness and, and, you know, we'll see, I don't think that there's like, from my understanding, at least of the Russian military structure currently, I don't see that there's like what I would call like a warlord, right. That would be willing to step up and, and push this again. He seemed like in a unique position, um, yeah. given the fact yeah. that he had these soldiers that were really outside of the Russian ranks already. He controlled them. They were loyal to him. It really is like, kind of feels like a one and done. It, it doesn't feel like there's going to be eight to 20,000 troops within the Russian army that just falls a general all of a sudden, right? So I think this is probably the closest we get to a coup. What does that mean that, that doesn't mean though that Putin isn't weakening in general and that there right. could be some political and seismic shifts, right? in the pol politics inside the country um as a result of this i mean time will tell there um but i think it's probably the closest we're going to come to like military yeah. takeover at this point yeah it seems fairly unlikely that like there will be a hot war military coup um i do think hot conflict um i do think though this could and I'm leaning towards it does signal a, a greater increase in um, like a palace coup, which mm -hmm. would be, you know, like elites coming to Putin and basically yeah, being yeah, like, none of us support you anymore. If you want to continue to live, go retire in fucking Siberia and we're replacing you. And yeah. so, and that can come from the right or the left, as we understand it in this country, which is there were plenty of hardliners on this that were like, no, you need to bomb this guy yeah, into submission. For sure. There were and they might they don't like the weakness. Yep. Yeah. And they might see the weakness as something to pounce on. So um, as always with Russia, you know, we like to see chaos, but we don't like to see too much chaos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we would like to see Putin replaced, but the odds that he's replaced with someone more favorable to Western interests is probably less than it yeah, is yeah. that he gets replaced with someone who's less amenable to Western interests. So we're very much, and then, oh, by the way, there's a lot of nuclear weapons in that country that we need to be worried about. Turns out. And so, you know, having a stable Russia is an important thing for the world. Uh, so we, we want to like ease them into reform, um, but we don't want to see a civil war in Russia, like a real civil war in Russia would be a humanitarian disaster for the world. Yeah, yeah That yeah. would be some scary ass shit. We do not want that, yeah. even though we want Putin gone. So this is very much a like pick the, the, the least shittiest option here. <laughs> yeah, no doubt yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's gonna be real interesting to see how it plays out. I think you're right. Like the yeah, like the the hot war thing, probably not, but yeah, definitely signaled the weakness. Definitely people who thought, and I think it who thought that you know uh, Pergozin should have been really punished. And I think it's interesting because it to me it shows weakness in two ways. It shows like the weakness of the classic like authoritarian, not just like smashing someone, but it also shows me because they drew up all of these like whatever the papers or whatever it would to be to basically like. Um, in their legal system, like make him like brand him a traitor or whatever. Yeah. And they dropped those as well, which to me just shows like democratic weakness of like, you get like, you know, 
because I could see there could be a there. You, one could make a point if they went through with that. That would be a, that could make him like a really nice soft pitch to the rest of the, the Western world of like, oh, look, this person who we all think is this tyrannical government. Oh, look, he's not going to actually murder the guy. He's actually going to like do a legal thing and brand him a traitor. But like he didn't do that either. So, you know. Yeah. Well, and also if you're a traitor to Russia, you get murdered. So right. <laughs> like, but I'm like, so, it could be a PR campaign to be like, look, he's not doing that. But like. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Uh, too late for that because he did, didn't do that either, yeah so. no because he's in belarus so yeah yeah and, and just uh, one other thing oh sorry go ahead john no you yeah, go. Uh, I, I was gonna say that one other thing because we're talking about this from pretty kind of high level right we're talking about how russian elites people that are hyper in the military people that are connected to putin are connected to the political structure that can change things how they reacted to this um but the other side is the the poor people, the people that are not connected, right? The regular Russian citizens. And I actually read a pretty interesting piece in the Atlantic today from Ann Applebaum about how one of the reasons that Prigozhin's troops and him got so close to Moscow is because there's generally an apathy among mm. the majority of Russian mm. citizens currently right. about power change and about the war with Ukraine in general. Most, right. because most see themselves as so unpowerful and so, so, uh, what's the best way to put this? Um, disenfranchised. Disenfranchised. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Um, that no matter what they do, it doesn't matter. So as tanks were rolling through, they didn't think, oh, we have to protect Moscow. We have to protect the Russian government. They're just like, oh, we're just going to go about our daily business. Who cares if it's that tank or that other tank yeah. <laughs> type of thing? And a lot of yeah. those towns, which is very interesting and very telling how the divide between the elite push and the politics at the top versus really yeah. the ordinary citizenry which is very kind of <laughs> apathetic and not caring i thought that was very interesting i agree i like we we um sometimes forget that every country is politics no yeah. matter what the form of government there is like if you're a dictator you still answer to constituencies it's just yeah. the constituencies happen to be like some guy who corruptly ran a hot dog stand and then a military <laughs> a mercenary yeah, yeah, yeah. right and so every dictator has got to deal with their specific politics and this is a good example of a, an authoritarian model versus a democratic model pressure builds up in the political system no matter what that political system is and that, you know, might be a war or it might be um, a economic downturn or it might be a succession of some kind, right? And so these things always have to get solved somehow. And in democratic uh, societies, we solve these with regular elections and the rule of law and things like that, where it looks messier on a day-to-day -day basis and it looks like a complete shit show almost all the time. And then authoritarian models oftentimes look more stable. Uh, they look like, you know, in the case of China, they're able to execute on things quicker than democratic yeah. societies are, but that's not a good thing all the time, right? Yeah, when and, it crumbles, it crumbles faster. <laughs> and the consequences are bigger because the the pressure in the system builds up builds up builds up and democracies give kind of like a pressure relief valve where we have rule yeah. of law and elections and things like that authoritarian societies don't have that kind of pressure as much right. 
or that release valve as much. So the pressure builds up, builds up, builds up and can break the society, right? It can, <laughs> so. <laughs> it implodes. But, like, it, it implodes oh, sort of yes. like yeah like a submarine that has too much pressure i don't know not talking about the stupid submarine i mean i'm not i'm just talking about submarines in general you know yeah and you know it's sometimes you know it's like the rich people they're all trying to stay a high and mighty and then they come down to just like look at what the poor people are doing down here and the poor people pull them down into the depths you know with them do you hmm. mean by poor people do you mean orcas could be orcas could be ghosts i don't know mm, it really depends on your orientation <laughs> to I submarines know. i don't know i totally to... do i totally derailed john <laughs> no, do you have a point there john sorry uh... uh my point was that um one of the things that we talk about a lot on this podcast is the difference between authoritarian and democratic societies and i think that oh. it's important um that we continually remind people because we don't uh have as good as civics in this country as we used to unfortunately that like there's a reason we structured our society this way and it's important that we continue to run our society this way because it's better for us to have elections where we all hate each other for a year or more uh than it is to have a mercenary group that is unaccountable to the society decide that they are mad and make a run on the capital to change the government that's mm -hmm. worse so i want to remind everybody that democratic societies are messier and harder and a bigger pain in the ass but over time they are more effective and they're more just and they allow for um, societies over time to function better and more properly. It's almost like we are given a second chance yeah. on a regular basis. Godspeed, everybody. Go Ukraine. And the Wagner troops are gone. gone. You know what we didn't talk about at all? I just realized we didn't talk about the counteroffensive from Ukraine at all. Oops. Nope. We only focused on Russia. Oh, we were, it was too quick. Yeah. Teaser for next time. Teaser for next time. I also want to rewrite the letters. It's like, uh, can we forget about that missile I shot at Euro troops? I didn't mean to shoot it there. Can't remember what was said or why my troops were going to Moscow. <laughs> <laughs>